How's it going, everybody? And welcome to episode number two of the 30-Minute Misconduct Podcast. I am one half of your hosting duo. Uh, my name is Taylor Raglan. I am here with a, uh, a winded uh, Billy Leroy, it sounds like. Billy, uh, I, uh, I imagine you were, uh, you were running up the stairs, you said, after that, after that Tiger win. And it looks like uh, maybe your, uh, your playing days <laughs> on the baseball field a little further behind you than you, than you thought. Yeah, you know you're out of shape when just going up the stairs requires a 10-minute restart to get your breathing back to normal. But, yep, I was downstairs watching my hero, Tiger Woods, win his first championship since 2013. Good for him. But, yep, we are back at it again, episode number two. Unlike the stars, we are going to continue bringing preseason audio content right to you. Um, And speaking of audio content and streaming, one of the big – hot topic issues right now that I wanted to talk about with Taylor is preseason streaming of the games. A lot of stars fans were upset last night because it was the Tulsa classic where the stars were taken on the Florida Panthers in Tulsa. And unless you were at the game, you had no idea that it was happening because there was no radio broadcast and there was no stream of it on TV. It wasn't on Fox sports Southwest. The only way to find information about the game was on Twitter. So I saw a lot of negative comments from people bashing the stars on Twitter for not doing the streaming. And do you right. remember, do you remember a couple of years ago what they would do for preseason games where they would stream the jumbotron feed? Yeah, yeah, no. Remember it was it was no, um, like no play by play, no color, no anything. Just literally, here's a feed of of what's being shown on the jumbotron. I actually kind of I actually kind of dug it. It was I, it was definitely a unique way to watch a game. That's for sure. Yeah, I thought it was great. I I preferred it compared to a regular broadcast because it made you feel like you were at that arena. Because in between plays, like during the stoppages, they would be showing all the different bits that were happening on the jumbotron. Yeah, but it made you feel like you were actually at the game. And then yeah, it, we had like that one infamous moment where at the, uh, the Stars were playing in Florida against the Panthers and. One of the fans flipped off the jumbotron. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And so you don't yeah, get maybe. you don't get great content like that when you're just refreshing Twitter to see what's happening right. in the game. So I love that, and that actually made the preseason exciting because it was a different way of watching than it would be during the season. Yeah. Um, well, I think the I think the problem is probably that. I mean, when you think about you know the the lack of streaming this season and and how upset people are getting about it, I think the problem is that a precedent has been set where, you know, Stars fans are used to seeing at least a couple preseason games, whether they stream them online, whether they're, you know, they do kind of a dry run radio call or, you know, like you said a couple years ago, the the Jumbotron feed. There's a precedent there of I'm going to get to watch my team during the preseason and and not doing anything like at all and and not being able to really watch, you know, as much as you'd like is is uh is, is going to come across worse and, and going to make people a little bit more angry, I think, when, you know, in the past it has happened. But I think it's also kind of important to to, to remember that, you know, it, it is half the stars, I guess, but it's also Fox Sports and, and what they choose to, you know, use their their uh, their platforms for and, and all that good stuff. And, and maybe preseason hockey is, you know, officially reached the point where, you know, it, it's not worth um, putting on, you know, TV or online or on the radio or anything like that. But like I said, I mean, I, I definitely get the, I definitely get the, the, uh, the anger maybe is a, is a little much. I think some people just like to get fired up about different things, but, but it's like definitely me. an annoyance and a frustration. And, and I get the frustration on the fans part for sure. 
Well, to give them credit, every season we do have the one radio broadcast. It's usually the final home game of the preseason. And right. it's the Sunday game against the Avalanche, I think, on September 30th. So they do make an effort as far as that, which I think is cool. But I understand where they're coming from because they say it's it's more of a business transaction. Like you said, Fox Sports Southwest and the ticket both have all the rights to the broadcast. So when the stars were doing that stream of the Jumbotron way back when, I think they got in some trouble with those two partners because they don't they're not allowed to do stuff like that. But with that being said, it's a little frustrating to hear that it's a business transaction because you've got teams like the Panthers who in the past, like this season, I looked it up. Although they're playing Tampa, they have a game on TV this year on Fox sports, Florida. So the Panthers have a game on TV and then every in every year past, whoever the stars are playing, it's usually St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota. I'm usually always able to find the radio broadcast for those teams. So you're trying to say that the blues and the avalanche have more like intense fan passion for preseason than the stars do. I find that hard to believe because pretty sure the stars have even better attendance than the avalanche. So, I mean, I understand where they're coming from, but hopefully with the outcry that happened last night and maybe over the next couple of preseason games will lead to them trying to put together more broadcasts next season and beyond. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the only way it's going to change is if, you know, the, the network sees the business decision or, or the business suffering at all, I guess, from people getting, you know, this angry. And I, and I honestly don't know if, if that'll happen if it's really worth, you know, the, the, whatever it costs to do it anyway, even if people are upset um, and, and, you know, it's, it's going to be regular season hockey before people know it and, and people will move on and forget about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, potentially, I think this is, I mean, at least they have to at least be seeing this. So there's a, there's a chance that maybe they kind of go back on it and, and try to do a little something different next season. But um, I guess we can we can get into the, uh, the the actual games themselves. The stars did play hockey, whether we saw it or heard it or not. Um, so there there were some some notable uh, things that happened, I guess, in the last couple of preseason games since we recorded on on Wednesday. Uh, number one for me being the Heisken and hype train is is fully engaged right now. I think that that was a pretty goal he had, um, and and it's uh, it's looking like he's fitting in uh, pretty much exactly as people thought he would. Um, just kind of sliding in pretty perfectly. I've, I've seen people asking on Twitter, um, which I don't even know, you know, how you could uh, overstate, you know, what his chances are to, to make the opening night roster. Like he is a part of the Dallas stars. Like he will, he has, he has zero chance of not making the opening night roster. And I would be very surprised to ever see him play um, at least while he's under contract with Dallas play anywhere other than the NHL team. Like the, he is ready um, and, and as I said, that goal is, you know, full steam ahead for the, uh, the, the Heiskanen uh, hype mobile for sure. Yeah. Miro Heiskanen is very good at hockey. And I think I'm in the bunch that didn't truly appreciate just how good this guy is going to be for us. You know, I, way back when I was okay with trading Heiskanen for Carlson, but just in these first couple of games, you're seeing all the things that all the media members have talked about over the last few months, ever since. He uh, came into the picture this offseason to join the team this year. And, yeah, his goal, very nice. His first Stars preseason goal, although it's only the preseason, it was still a very nice goal, a nice little one-timer from almost out the blue line. I think the, I think the important thing for me that, that is kind of revealing itself is, is something that I've been um, beating the drums about a little bit, you know, kind of all summer long, like, it, is, is with, with uh, 
you know, Jim Nill not necessarily making the moves that, that some people hoped he would, I guess, um, and, and maybe not making the additions. You know, Carlson is the big outlier and, and the guys that, that fans feel got away, I guess, a little bit. But, you know, something that I've been, you know, high on um, throughout the offseason is that we're adding – the Stars are adding more pieces to this roster than people think. Val's coming back, which I, I talked a little bit about in Episode 1 and on Wednesday. Uh, I think that's a big impact. And obviously, you know, Heiskanen is – He's a, a, a future, I would say, he's right up there as a, as a number one defenseman candidate. And, and I think that's kind of, you see in the NHL, the trend for, for having a number one defenseman is you draft one, you grow one. You know, they're hard to come by, they're hard to trade for, uh, they're hard to acquire, they're hard to sign uh, once they get away. And, and this, is the, this is the hard way, but it's also sometimes the most fulfilling way. And, and Heiskanen may be on his way to, you know, kind of being that guy for the stars. And I'm also excited about the offensive prospect that he brings to play. I think it was Monty that said that this could be the first situation where you've got two defensemen leading a two on O up the ice. Well, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what, you know, kind of getting back to that identity of, you know, everybody's going to be involved in the, in the transition game. Everybody's going to be involved in the offense. If Ben Bishop is looking up the ice, he literally said that, you know, if Ben Bishop is looking up the ice, turn and go like that guy can make a pass. It's, it's going to be, I think much more reminiscent of, you know, the, the high-flying stars teams of, of uh, the last couple of playoff runs than, you know, the, the Hitchcock experiment last year. And, and yeah, as you said, Heiskanen plays a huge role in that because he's just so good. He's so skilled um, when you give him open ice. And, and he's so – it seems like the thing that's kind of jumped off the page about him, which is what people said would jump off the page, is just his maturity. Like, he, he came over. Um, you know, he came up, and he, he's playing with the big team now, and it looks like he hasn't lost a step. He's just done it at every level. Uh, throughout his career and and so far there's no reason to think that he won't you know make the same kind of plays and and have the same kind of impact at the NHL level I don't know there's he hasn't given us any evidence that that's not going to happen yep so we saw Heiskanen score his first goal of the preseason and then Justin Dowling and Radic Fox I got the empty netter to close out a three to one victory in Minnesota on Thursday and then last night, like we mentioned, was the Tulsa Classic where the Stars played the Panthers and lost 4-3 to three in overtime. Goals were scored by, I don't even know how to say this guy's name. De- how do you, go ahead and say it. <laughs> Guryanov? Yeah. Gur- oh, I know. That you're, yeah, it's, Den- it's just Dennis Guryanov, I believe. Dennis. We're going with Dennis. Dennis Guryanov, okay. And then Devin That's close Shore. enough for me, for sure. Yeah, it's good enough for now. And then Devin Shore and... I can't even pronounce it. I just call him Smith. <laughs> I see. I, there you go. Hey, hey, you know what? Let's just call him Smith. I'm I, believe, so, I'm, I believe it's it's Gemmel, but it's either Gemmel or Gemmel, and I, I can't ever remember. And I think it was one of those classic cases a little bit maybe where um, – do you remember when uh, – maybe it was Klingberg that came over and there was uh, kind of a, a, a thing about whether or not it was Jan or John, I believe. No, it wasn't. Mandel, it, was, uh, it was Honka. It was either Julius or Julius or that. Julius and or... then also, I think Lindell at some point, and I'm still not sure which one he prefers because he went back and forth with Lindell or Lindell, and I can't remember exactly which one he settled on. So maybe the Stars have a uh, a little tradition of, of uh, names that don't look so hard on paper but are – a little bit hard to pronounce, but yeah, Smith, Shore, and, and Gurianov with the, the three goals and the OT loss. Yeah, and I would like to apologize to Gemmel or Gemmel or if he, if he's a listening right now. I am terrible at names, and it's just like 
like you know how they refer to each other by last names. I only refer to these guys by their last name. So it's when you see their first name, you're like, this guy has a first name. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's old habits die hard for me as well. You know, playing at uh, playing almost said playing athletes, being an athlete um, pretty much my whole life up until, you know, my junior year of college or so when I when I stopped playing baseball. That is like, I mean, that is the standard mode of greeting. You, you never use anybody's first name for anything. So it's it, it definitely carries over, I think, to, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess, real adult life post uh, athletics. So, yeah, it, it's tough for me sometimes, too, especially guys around the league. Like, um, you know, I'll, I'll know for sure guys last names, you know, pretty much up and down people's rosters. And I, if you ask me some of the first names of the guys, I'm like, you know, Tampa's third line I'd be like dude I don't know like I know the number and their last name by heart but I don't know the first name so yeah I, I definitely fall into that trap that trap a little bit too I think and in my apology to Smith I will say that his goal last night was very pretty did you happen to see the highlights of that one I heard about it I didn't get to see it but I did hear about it he kind of, it was pretty much set up on his own yeah, right? he broke his way through the uh, the couple of defensemen that were there and he had a, a quick little breakaway and just very nice, just flipped it up backhand. It just looked very smooth. It was beautiful. I think the I think the main takeaway for me from this, you know, these pair of games, you know, I don't really care about wins and losses in the preseason. I don't think that, that Jim Montgomery's going to either. I mean, I, I just don't think they're that important. I think it's much more about, you know, playing within the system that, that he wants them to and, and just moving toward you know, the bigger picture and, and the, the, the regular season product, I guess. It's nice to see how he's going to get a goal. I mean, that's always going to be fun when guys get their first and, you know, kind of already make a splash and it's fun to get the, the hype going and all that good stuff. But I think I think in these two games, it's just it sounds like that, you know, the system that, that he wants to enforce kind of very aggressive, very focused on creating turnovers, very focused on, you know, playing with speed. Um, you know, and taking advantage of those turnovers. I think that's if you if you if you ask me to kind of boil down what I think uh, Monty wants to see from this team this year. It's a team that plays with a lot of speed, a lot of confidence, um, lives on the edge a little, but not in a bad way. Lives on the edge in the sense that you know they're gonna they're gonna have the defenseman jump up and and make a play to keep you know a puck in the offensive zone, or they're gonna you know go for the stretch pass you know leaving the zone. Uh, if it's open, because I think they're talented enough to do that sort of thing. And, and then they're going to pressure teams, uh, hopefully, you know, have a pretty good cycle game and, and pressure teams and, and force turnovers um, in the neutral zone and the offensive zone. I think that's a big one, too. You know, when you go back, um, I mentioned Sean Shapiro's analysis of, of Monty, I think, on, on Wednesday's episode. But you go back and you look at that 2-1-2-4 check he runs where, you know, you have the two forwards down low, one forward kind of floating um, and reading the play and then your two defensemen inside the blue line um, with instructions basically in the offensive zone to you know cut off passing lanes um, pressure pressure the the outlet pass and, and try to force turnovers that immediately you know turn into a scoring chance the other way so it sounds like in in these first uh, several preseason games you know regardless of of the outcome it sounds like they're kind of buying into you know what he wants to accomplish and and putting that system in place and it seems like you know, as, as far as you can say, or as much as you can say, I guess, that a preseason is, is going well or, or uh, you know, accomplishing something. It sounds like that's definitely happening in Dallas. Definitely. And speaking of hard, names that are hard to pronounce, the other big takeaway for me is that our two goaltenders, Anton Hudobin and Ben Bishop, through their respective 30 minutes of play so far over the course of the first three preseason games, they have both not let up a goal. Yeah. 
I think that I think that Kudobin is, is going to be more than. It's going to be more than. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you, you got me. But I mean, I I think that you know that was kind of another. I don't want to say knee jerk reaction, um, but another thing among fans, like you know, why are we why are we bringing him in here when he's basically just Kari retreaded? Um, and and I think that the answer that I've always had to that is that you know he's more than serviceable. Uh, ben Bishop is going to play likely you know 60 plus if he's you know if he's healthy um i think that's what you want from him and and i think he wants that i think he's very competitive i think he wants to be out there and and play as many games as possible and i think that you know the anton is is more than capable of you know going out there uh second night of a back-to-back you know every third or fourth night sometimes whenever bishop just needs a break and and getting a win and i thought that of kari i think that kari kind of um you know trended downward and and i think a lot of the complaints about Kari were how much money he was making as well. Uh, it kind of it kind of felt like sunk cost at a certain point, but I think for the rate that Anton is here and and for uh, the goalie that he still is, I think he's going to be more than serviceable. Um, you know, just as a true backup, and and they've they've certainly shown that both of them are are in pretty good form uh, early on. I saw a quote from Hudobin, and to summarize, he was basically saying that people are saying that he's a backup and he thinks that if you look at his stats over his entire career, he's proven that he deserves to be a starter. And although Dallas wants him to, or is expecting him to be a backup this year and he's accepting that he's just letting everybody know that he still has what it takes to be a really good goaltender in this league. Right. Right. And I mean, that's, it's even, I don't want to say it's easier because some guys are different about rhythm and, and being in the game all the time, but you know, it's it's it fits. I think it meshes with a guy like that that has something still to prove, uh, even at his age, and, and proving that he still has it. That you know, okay, we're gonna you know suit you up and, and send you out there, you know, every couple of games, and and we need wins. So I mean, that that can be enough motivation for a guy like that. That's you know trying to prove that he's still got it and trying to prove that he's still a very good goaltender in this league. And and you know, you send him out there and say, hey, you know, your your job is to, to shore us up and, and go get a win when Ben's, uh, you know, can't go or, or needs a break or whatever. And, and I think that, you know, from what we've seen, the chances are that he's going to be able to do that pretty consistently. So with some preseason talk behind us, I wanted to bring up another one of the things that I've seen Stars fans mention on Twitter, especially after last night when the San Jose Sharks revealed their third jersey. It is the topic of third jerseys. So far, 12 teams have announced their third jersey for this season, and it's expected that possibly 15 to 20 teams, up to 15 or 20 teams, could have a third jersey released over the next couple of weeks. And I think I'm one of those people that was kind of upset that we haven't seen one from the Stars yet. So I wanted to see what your take is on this and see – uh, if the stars were to ever get a third jersey in the future, what do you think it would look like? Because I know what I would want to see. Yeah, I think I kind of fall in line with with uh, Mike Heike as far as the the probable reasoning. If they don't have one yet, it's it's that you know Victory Green is still fresh enough. I mean, it was you know the 2013-14 season, so even now, only you know five years removed from a complete um, jersey change and, and color change and logo change, complete overhaul. Of, of the uniforms. So I think when you look at that, you know, in the, in the terms of a, a, a franchise and, you know, kind of the longevity of a, a sports team, five years isn't that long. And maybe they just feel like it hasn't been long enough. There isn't a, a good reason. And it, I think that it, it's a little strange 
are a little unfortunate maybe that the 25th anniversary came and went in the year where no team was allowed to have a third jersey aside from like the Heritage Classic and the outdoor games and all that kind of stuff. I think that that's a little unfortunate because I think that that's something that they maybe would have done or, or tried to do if, if they were, you know, given the chance. But just with, you know, the, the uniform production changing and, and kind of the transition and everything that happened, it just didn't work out. So, you know, who knows, maybe now, you know, there isn't another good um, anniversary coming up or, or anything like that. So they're, they're, they're kind of evaluating the, the big picture and, and making sure um, I would think that they, that they get it right. And Heike, Heike's point was, you know, Victory Green is still selling. You know, they're still new. People are still changing over. People are still buying jerseys. So there's no real financial reason to to introduce a third jersey to boost sales. So maybe they just want to take the time and, and get it right and, um, you know, ensure that, you know, when they when they do it, they do it the right way and, and have a really nice third jersey that fans are going to be happy about instead of rushing something together just for the sake of having a third jersey because they can. But. Um, to your to your question, I guess I think you and I have the same uh, the same hope. I've always been incredibly fond of the the new Texas logo ever since it came out. Um, I wish it were more prominently featured. Um, and that was another topic. I don't know if we'll get to or not today, but you know, I I would like to see that logo at Center Ice potentially uh, if they ever come out with a third jersey. But for me, I think you have to go um, a black uniform. I think there's a lot of history with black uniforms here in Dallas. Um, you know, with the, the cup year and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then I'd like to see the, the Texas logo for sure, whether or not that's prominently featured on it as, you know, the main logo or just a bigger part of it. And they go with the, the circle crest as, as the main logo or, or whatever they decide. But I think, you, I think you have to go black. And then I think you have to do one of those two logos uh, as the, the featured one. I agree with that. I would want to see a black jersey with the Texas logo on it. I've always liked black as a color in general, which is why I, although I, you know, the the uh, football jersey that the Stars had for the longest time that just said Dallas on it was very boring. I like the fact that yeah. it's black. But like you mentioned, there are two things in play here. One is that third jerseys are not just something for fun. It is a business transaction. And the Stars are one of few teams who completely overhauled their entire brand within the last few years, whole right. new logo, whole new color scheme. Not many teams have done that within any recent time at all. So the stars are an exception to the standard that a team should have a third Jersey because this whole victory green thing is very fresh on people's minds. And yeah, like you said, people are still buying the Jersey. I don't even have one of the new Adidas jerseys yet. I haven't bought that yet, but there are plenty of people that still are going to purchase victory green because it's such a new thing. So I think the stars are probably still several years off just because of the fact that they just went over this massive, all of their brand. Well, I think that, I think that Tom Gillardi has uh, shown himself to be uh, a man that, that takes his time and, and wants to get things right. I mean, I remember the discussion surrounding the uniform change and just how long, you know, they revealed that they took to decide on everything and how many different looks they went through and how many different colors and how many different, like he's, he, he is proud of his franchise and he wants it to be the best that it can be. And he doesn't strike me as a man that would just, you know, run a third Jersey out for the sake of having one. I think that, like I said, you know, not to repeat myself too much, but I think that, you know, they're, they're going to take their time and they're going to make sure they do it the right way. Um, they're going to go through, I bet, a similar process that they did, you know, when they designed the the current jerseys and and really make sure that, you know, they come up with something that um, is is good and, and fans are going to want to see around. 
uh, for a while because it's, I mean, it's a big investment. You want a jersey that, you know, you want to see them wear. You don't want another Mudris situation. You know what I mean? Nobody wants that because then you, you get all hyped up for, for your, your, your alternate jersey and then you get a jersey like that and you can't even, you don't even want them wearing it. It becomes a joke. So I think, you know, not that that would ever happen again, but, you know, just I think that they want to make sure, make sure and get it right for sure. So you alluded to the center ice logo. So why don't we talk about that and then kind of wrap things up? I think we're getting close on time. Um, so the center ice logo this season is just the standard logo for the first time in three seasons. Last season, it was the 25th anniversary logo. The season yep. before that was the, I guess people call it the Starbucks logo with the star, mm-hmm. star in the center and then the words around it. So yep. it's good to have the standard logo back. But it was kind of surprising because I was under the impression that it was going to be the Texas logo because the last two seasons, Ticketmaster has kind of leaked the logo right. beforehand. Because when the preseason games go on sale, the center ice logo uh, in the picture for buying tickets had been the correct logo that it turned out to be. So this year for preseason games, the Texas logo was at center ice, which was exciting for myself and a couple other people that I talked to on Twitter. But now we found out that it is just the standard logo. So how do you feel about anniversary logos and alternate logos at center ice? Because I, oh, the phone's ringing. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to answer it. There you we're, go. Yeah. We're doing Leave a show it. right now, people. Leave it. Don't they know we're doing a show right now? The hottest podcast in the world. And you get people trying to call in and ruin the show. <laughs> anyway, so I've never really been a big fan of anniversary logos because I appreciate the regular logo so much. And you look at a team like Florida this year. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen that one, but their 25th anniversary logo is literally just like the two numbers. And then there really isn't anything that has to do with the Panthers logo. And so right. four fans have to look at that the entire year. And I agree that it's a big deal to celebrate your 25th anniversary, but I think it kind of, I don't know. I, I just like seeing the standard logo. How do you feel? I think that um, I, I'm not as, as down on alternate logos and, and all that, that sort of thing as you are. I do appreciate just kind of the classic, let's just put our logo at center ice, but I will, um, I will take a stand um, and join Razor in saying that the red line should not go through um, the, the center ice logo for any team. It makes no sense. There's no reason that it has to be that way. Um, and I think that it ruins, uh, you know, people spend so long perfecting these logos and, you know, they're, they're so sacred in, in NHL locker rooms. Uh, and then the league says, just go paint a big red line right through it. I think that, that that's silly, but um, as far as, as far as which ones on the ice and, and all that good stuff, I think I will appreciate it if they decide to come out with the, the Texas logo as a third Jersey that year, if they went with the Texas one, I think that would be pretty cool just to kind of coincide with that. But as far as what's down there, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, like I said, I do kind of like looking down at, you know, just the regular logo and, and, you know, it feels more like it's a silly little thing, but it feels more like your barn, I guess, when, you know, it's, it's your big logo there and not, you know, some alternate thing that, um, like you said, especially, you know, like the, the Panthers this year or in cases like that, where there's not as much of an identity, I guess, associated with it. But I mean, I liked the Stars' 25th anniversary logo. I think it was fine, but I, I do appreciate kind of the feeling of, uh, you know, we're just going to plaster our logo at Center Ice, and and this is our space, and and this is, uh, you know, this is our house, and and uh, showing it that way. So 
But, I mean, overall, I, I could really care less. I think we kind of established this in episode one. Uh, you were much more about the uh, the traditions and the the paraphernalia, I guess, to use a, a big word, the paraphernalia of the game, um, and, and less about maybe the analysis and stuff, which is uh, just kind of kind of more my speed. But I definitely think that I will join in, in beating the drum and marching along with Razor that they should abolish the uh, the red line going through the logo. We don't need it for the rules anymore, and, and it's uh, it's an eyesore. So I guess I'll just leave it at that. It is crazy, especially when you consider that, like you said, it's such a sacred thing to have a logo on your floor in the locker room and you can step on it. Yet people can skate over and put red lines through the center ice logo and nobody has a problem with it. And yeah. The other thing that's new this year are the ads inside the trapezoids, which... That doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. I want, I want uh, the teams I support to make money. And if that's making them more money and that's going to make a better product and that's going to make, you know, renovations and or whatever, I have no problem with it. I wouldn't even care to see it, you know, turn into like you look at like the Swedish Elite League um, and some of those European services. They got ads everywhere. It, it wouldn't bother me. I mean, what why why not? I don't think it inhibits, you know, the game. I mean, you'd have to talk to the players. Uh, maybe, you know, there's an argument for it inhibiting the game that way if they hide the puck and, and the ads are, are disruptive in that way. But as a fan, I could care less. I, I say, um, especially with, w- regarding the ice, I guess. I, I think I would be a little disappointed if, if the jerseys were like some of those European jerseys where, you know, there's there's ads and different logos and stuff all over the jerseys. I think that that's more of a, I kind of want that space clean and, and to be about the team and all that kind of stuff. Although I would understand if they move that direction, and I think that all sports will eventually move that direction. But as far as the ice is concerned, I could care less. You put ads all over it. I don't care. I really don't care either, and we're going to get used to it very quickly. Just like all the ads on the boards, at some point in time, those weren't there. The cent- the four ads around the center ice logo were never there, and it's just commonplace now to see that on the ice. Yeah. It would get weird, if it, like you said, if it gets to the point of being like the overseas leagues where – there's an ad on every square inch of the ice because then it might be hard to follow as a fan seeing yeah. the puck, especially if you're in the upper deck. But I think we'll get used to it. And the jerseys would definitely be a tough thing for me to swallow because it is, you know, that's like the one thing that you love putting on as a fan. And it's just such a cherished part of your wardrobe. And to see an ad put on there would be pretty disappointing. I think, yeah. Docker, I, I have an FC Dallas jersey and it's got the Advocare logo just right there smack dab in the middle of it and i mean i'm kind of used to it but it feels ridiculous just walking around with an advocare logo on my chest i've had people ask me like what is advocare is that a team like not even realizing that it's the fc dallas jersey so we're probably a little bit of a ways off from that happening in the nhl but it is oh it's coming it's gonna happen it's coming it's gonna happen in every league because sports are a business and the only way they're going to be able to compete with up-and-coming things like esports is to really commercialize things and that's just the way it is speaking of commercializing things uh here's a shameless plug for our next episode (laughs) we will be back with you guys um on wednesday uh next week to talk more preseason action uh more maybe hot button issues if if some things crop up and and all that good stuff but um i guess for now billy that will wrap up episode number two of the 30 minute misconduct podcast Uh, i am taylor ragland I was joined by Billy Leroy. Thanks for joining me today, Billy. I have caught up on my breathing now, so I'm feeling better. Oh, awesome. We could do a, we could do a whole other episode now. I will say, though, before we go, that 
there is a hockey game tomorrow night at American Airlines Center. There is. We are playing the Minnesota Wild at 7.30, and if you do not have tickets yet, there are plenty of cheap tickets and free tickets available. As I look at StubHub right now, the upper deck starts at $6, the platinum level starts at $34, and the lower level starts at $17. But if you're looking for free tickets... There are two routes you can do that through. You can either go to PM Stanley, which is a car dealership, one of the main corporate sponsors of the stars who have all the commercials that you see on TV. The ones that say here, what is it? Here is the deal. Here is <laughs> they got the pretty deal. good. They got pretty good Jumbotron bits too. I'll yeah, have to say. Brought us driving with Kevin and cars with Kari. So if you stop by the dealership, he will give you free tickets to a preseason game. And then also, if you make a purchase at the hangar in Victory Plaza, you can get free tickets through that route, too. So hopefully we'll see you tomorrow night at American Airlines Center for the next preseason game. But the next time you'll hear from Taylor and I will be Wednesday night. So we look forward to seeing you then. And I think that's all we've got. Yep, that's it. You guys have a, uh, a good uh, end to your Sunday, a good beginning to your week. Uh, we will check back in uh, Wednesday with the next episode of the 30-Minute Misconduct Podcast. Take care.